Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Nicodemus wanted to have a conversation with Jesus. Now, Nicodemus was used to having conversations. He was a, a learned man, a respected man, a respectable man. He was the kind of guy that was used to having deep theological conversations with his friends, his fellow Pharisees. They would talk about the finer points of theology and they would debate this point or that point and, and each one might bring a little bit different perspective and they could, they could all learn from each other. And so when Nicodemus approached Jesus, he thought that he might have a conversation with Jesus that would be similar to those he was accustomed to having. They'd reason together. They'd go back and forth a little bit. Jesus would make some good points he could learn from, and maybe he could make some good points for Jesus to learn from too. But then Jesus threw old Nicodemus for a a loop. (laughs) Born again? (laughs) What? What is this born again stuff? How, How can a man be born another time when he's already old? Now, the way Nicodemus was approaching Jesus, well, it's the way a lot of people tend to want to approach Jesus. They want to reason with Jesus. They want to go back and forth a little bit, maybe find a common ground where they can agree on some things, maybe find some some compromise. (laughs) But Jesus doesn't give any ground to Nicodemus. There's not a debate to be had. Rather, Jesus instructs Nicodemus. He tells Nicodemus how things are. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Now, we know Jesus is talking here about baptism. Being born again of water and the spirit, that's exactly what happens in baptism. We are united with Christ. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We we receive forgiveness of sins. We die and we are raised as new creations. But this doesn't make any sense to Nicodemus. So Jesus uses an illustration to try to help him to grasp this a little bit. In those days, there was not a a scientific understanding of how the wind works with atmospheric pressures and all of those kinds of things. But you know what? (laughs) I say back in those days, people didn't really understand how the wind works. I'd venture to guess most of us don't really either. We kind of nod our head as other people talk about their knowledge about it. And we're like, oh, of course, yes, yes, obviously that's how it works. But like using the microwave. I don't really know how it works, but I can push the buttons. I know how that goes. Well, the wind is going to do what the wind is going to do, and and you can't control it, and you can't necessarily understand it. 
Jesus here is saying that even if you don't understand these things, you can believe these things. Because the authority is telling you, here's how it is. I can imagine Nicodemus wondering about this. But here's the authority. Here's the Son of God. He's, he's, he's explaining to Nicodemus exactly how it is. Now, Nicodemus had, had come for a conversation. He had come for kind of a back and forth. But now Nicodemus really just doesn't have anything to contribute to the conversation. All he's got at this point is questions. So rather than try to bring up a point for Jesus to think about, all he can do is say, how can these things be? The teacher of Israel didn't understand these things, and he needed to be instructed by the true teacher of Israel. I think the primary reason that Nicodemus didn't understand is is that he was approaching Jesus as if Jesus were an equal. Foolishly, he thought they were kind of coming as equals in this conversation. Well, I said earlier that Nicodemus was approaching Jesus in a way that is quite common to how people tend to approach Jesus, and it really is true. There's a, a great desire that people have. They want to they investigate Jesus. They want to have a conversation about Jesus. They want to maybe learn a, a thing or two from Jesus, but they also want to keep the stuff that they like. They don't want to leave any of that stuff behind. Sure, Jesus, I'll follow you, but... I got this baggage and I kind of like some of it. I'm going to keep that with me. Sure, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I don't know if I can give up some of those things that I've been accustomed to in my lifestyle. I mean, I enjoy it. And I know that you say it's bad and sinful and harmful and wrong, but, but come on, let's, let's work something out here, Jesus. Uh, sure, Jesus, I'll follow you. But here's the deal. I, I love to gossip. I really, really love to gossip, and that's a deal breaker. If you want to take that away from me, well, well, I don't know if I can really follow you at that point. Sure, Jesus, I'll follow you. But let's negotiate the terms of the agreement first. But God is not one to be bargained with. He sets the terms. He explains how things are. It's not up for debate. When God calls Abram, like in today's Old Testament reading, he calls him to go. He doesn't say, Abram, would you like to go? Would you like to go to the promised land? Would you like to to receive these promises? He also doesn't say, Abram, you you can have these promises and you can stay here or you can go. It's up to you. However you choose to do this thing. Now, God calls Abram who is already a wealthy man. He already had flocks. He already had land. He had relatives all around him. Abram was 75 years old at this point. This is not like God coming to a young man and saying, hey, you're not even getting started in the world yet. I got these things. You want to go try this thing out? No, Abram was already established and God's saying, leave it all behind. Come, follow me. Go from your country and your kindred and in your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's not an option given. Abram can't have both the present life and the promised life. It's either or. Abram can't stay where he is and have the promises of God. To pursue the promises of God for Abram meant you're going to have to leave it all behind and go where I lead. Abram didn't try to reason with God. He simply went where he was sent. Abraham believed God, and God credited it to him as righteousness. He was living by faith. Well, Nicodemus didn't understand. How can a man be born again? Many people today don't understand either. How can baptism do such great things? It's just water. And so Jesus uses this, under, this example from the Old Testament, just like we talked about with the kids in the children's message. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Uh, if you grew up in church, you probably remember the story of the, the serpents in the wilderness. You know, Indiana Jones, he hates snakes. A lot of us fall into that category. You'd rather not have a whole bunch of snakes around you, especially if they're venomous, and if they bite you, you're going to die. So they've rebelled against God. They received this curse of the snakes, and it's a just punishment for their rebellion, for their sin. But then in his mercy, God says, but Moses, make a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole and whenever anybody looks at that if they get bit by a snake they look at that they're going to live well that's not how it works is it (laughs) i mean that's not how it actually works we we know better than that right scientific understanding and all. No one can just look at a bronze serpent that's raised up on a pole and be delivered from the venom of a serpent. Well, unless God connects his promise to that bronze serpent, (laughs) then everything's different. And that's how it was. And that's how it is with baptism. It's not the water that does such great things, but the word and promises of God connected to the water. How can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things, along with the faith, which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism that is a life-giving water, rich in grace, and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. Well, baptism does what God says it's going to do because God attaches his promises to it. And because that's where Jesus chooses to meet us. 
and now as the baptized, we don't look at a, a bronze serpent, but we look to Jesus. He delivers us from sin and death and the devil. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The son of God hung on a tree for you. And he is the only way of salvation. Following him. That's what we're called to. God doesn't call us like Abram and say, go, I'll show you the new land. But he does call us. He calls us to keep our eyes on Jesus. To trust in him. And because we know the love of God, love made known in the sending of his son and the, the death of his son and the resurrection of his son. Like Abram, we can leave behind anything and everything to follow Jesus. Like Abram, we're willing to leave behind anything and everything because we know the promise. The promise that we have in Christ. We follow Jesus because in him we have promises of things that are so much greater than anything in this life. Even, like, uh, e- even when, like Nicodemus, we don't understand. We trust. Because we are not people who live by sight. We are those who live by faith. Faith in Christ. And faith in the promises that are ours in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.